your Locked On Panthers, your daily podcast on the Florida Panthers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Canadians podcast today. Yesterday, you guys heard the the guys from Locked On Canadians asked me the questions about the Florida Panthers, and today is my turn to talk to the guys from Locked On Canadians about their their team. So I have the pleasure of having Laura Sava on the show, and I also have the pleasure of having Scott Matla. I mean Scott Matla. <laughs> on, on the on the podcast here to talk about all things Montreal Canadiens. So tell tell me all uh, all about. Uh, by the way, before I before I get there, um, for for those wondering, uh, a lot of people mix up uh, Scott's name. A lot of people say it incorrectly. So that was a joke right there. I I also I also think about it like this. Scott is uh, located actually near Buffalo, and I think about it. I think about it as like the movie Bruce Almighty when he's saying Evan Baxter and it's saying his name incorrectly. So it, it kind of like relates because uh, Bruce was near the Maid of the Mist when he was saying uh, Evan Baxter's name incorrectly. So uh, it, it just makes so much sense in to, for that. But <laughs> tell us all, all about the Montreal Canadiens and their, uh, their offseason and what, what happened this offseason about a whole bunch of turnover on uh, this roster for the Montreal Canadiens who just made it to the Stanley Cup final. And now there's a lot of unknowns in this team based on like who, on the new pieces coming to town and who was shipped out. Tell us about it, guys. So the name of the game this offseason was loss, basically. Uh, Corey Perry went off to Tampa Bay on a two-year deal. Montreal was only offering him a year. Shea Weber is potentially never playing the sport of hockey again due to a culmination of severe injuries. Paul Byron is on IR. He's going to start the season missing. Uh, and then they lost his Perry Kotkaniemi to an offer sheet to the Carolina Hurricanes, who decided he was worth $6.1 million, which the Canadians thought was a little bit too rich for their blood. So they lost a good chunk of pieces in the playoff from their playoff run. But in the same frame, they added decent pieces back to that to kind of fill their team back out. They added a power play weapon in Mike Hoffman. They added David Savard to help stabilize the defense a little bit. They traded for Christian Dvorak to help stabilize the center position behind Nick Suzuki. And they're getting an entire season at Cole Caulfield now. They've done Laura and I have talked a lot about how they've done what they can to replace pieces. But it feels like the team's still incomplete just when it looks when we look at the quality of players who left last year. They brought in Matthew Perot to replace Corey Perry. They have Cedric Paquette to play a bottom six role. The team feels fine on paper, but it's lacking some of that, I guess, that bite and veteran presence they had last year, at least from what Laura and I have seen so far. And I was I was thinking Mike Hoffman. He's had he's had time with the Florida Panthers. Not not my favorite player, even strength, but power play. He has that rocket shot on the on the 
on the right on the right wing, and he and it's definitely valuable for a, a team. David Sabard is not really a scoring type of defenseman. He's definitely going to hold things down. And I, I want I want you guys I want you guys to um, also get get your opinion on who do you think will be the most valuable of the new people new players coming to town. Ooh, that's. it's tough to say because if the Canadians get their power play in order, it's Mike Hoffman all day, every day, just because of what he brings to this team, something they were missing. They needed a shooter. They got Cole Caulfield at the end of last season and it made their power play more versatile. And now they're adding another one in Mike Hoffman. That just makes their power play a little bit more multifaceted. And then I think Christian Dvorak is probably the second one that's coming to town now. Nick Suzuki is entrenched as the first line center. That's not going to change. He's going to play the penalty kill. He's going to play the power play. He's going to play big minutes with either Jonathan Juan and Cole Caulfield or someone else. They'll figure that out. But Christian Dvorak gives them a very strong 2C behind him to alleviate the pressure that it's not him having to do everything. And he looks like a strong fit for someone like a Brendan Gallagher and some of the other players that are on this team. And then they can improve their depth behind that somewhere where they can put Josh Anderson with a Ryan Paling or a Jake Evans. But I believe it's between Hoffman and Dvorak who are going to kind of help fill in or be the biggest additions to this team. And it's cheating, but it's Cole Caulfield is the answer since he's here for a whole year. But if we're talking strictly just offseason signings and additions, it's, it's definitely Hoffman and Dvorak right now. I also think that there's going to be a difference between who brings what to the team and fan favorites, because I do feel that, you know, it's exactly like Scott said, if the power play gets better, then everybody's going to look at Mike Hoffman as the best addition or the favorite addition. And then, you know, Dvorak is, is really, I have a lot of high expectations for solid play from him. I don't think that it's going to be visible as much as you're just going to know from his presence, but I feel like a fan favorite, I feel like Mathieu Perrault is going to be like so beloved in this city, like even from before he steps on the ice. I I feel like that's definitely a strong feeling that I'm getting. But in terms of impact, I agree with Scott 100%. And as far as, you know, the, with Desberry Kakaniemi not being around anymore and got, the, the Canadians were able to get a draft asset out of it and then use that asset as a, as a piece for Christian Dvorak in that trade with Arizona. With, for, for my listeners, the, the conditions of that trade were the better of the two first-round picks for, that the Canadians will have in next year's draft. As far as replacing Kakaniemi, what, what, what do you... Do you think it's better? Do you think it's worse? Do you think it's just about the same? I think the biggest thing they had to do was they didn't trust him to take on the minutes they needed behind Nick Suzuki. Could Kakaniemi have eventually done that? Yes, absolutely. I think so. But the Canadians are in a position where they can't afford to wait and find out, basically. They needed something now because they're pushing to try and keep their Playoff window open while Carey Price is still, you know, a viable top goalie, while Jeff Petrie is still playing extremely well and trying to get there. And if Kotkaniemi doesn't take that step this year, the Canadians aren't even going to sniff the playoffs. So 
turning him into a draft asset and getting a solid NHL established center is, I think, about as smart a business as you could do if you're Mark Bergevin. And that move for Christian Dvorak came how, how many minutes into saying that to reject the offer sheet? Like not even two hours. So they, they, had that, they had that in mind. They were working the phones and they were trying to find something because the, the center that for Montreal would have been really depleted it, had, they, had they not made the move. So they, had, they, had, they definitely had a plan in place for losing this Barry Kakaniemi. I also want to talk a little bit about um, Cole, Cole Caulfield, who I remember you guys, I remember both of you go, guys going on a rant at the beginning of the playoffs where he was a healthy scratch against the Toronto Maple Leafs. And then I think it was either game three or game four that he, uh, he played and then he never got scratched from there again. What, what, what do you guys think about where he was then? from even before in the world juniors to starting off in the AHL um, last year to where he is now, what, what's, what, what's his, what's a Cole Caulfield ceiling? <laughs> Every year, all-star for 40 goal score. Like, <laughs> listen, this, if you ask Trevor Zegers, it's 40 goals. <laughs> <laughs> he literally tweeted it. I'm not lying. Mm-hmm. Uh. I mean, the guy's great. I, he's uh, hit him along with uh, Anton Lindell and uh, Spencer Knight. They're going to be fighting for uh, the Calder Trophy next year. Quit in Byfield as well. They're going to be. They're going. They're definitely going to be in contention for uh, the 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 call the Calder Trophy. So I. I, I, I want, there is going to, I'm going to ask about goaltending, but I'm actually going to save that for the last segment. But in the next segment, we're going to talk about expectations for the Montreal Canadiens next season. So keep it right here on Locked On Panthers and Locked On Canadiens. We're back and better than ever. All eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back to start another football season. As always, BetOnline is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. With a new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, BetOnline.ag continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. That's double your initial deposit just for signing up. Don't forget to use that promo code NFL100. From football, basketball, boxing, hockey, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online, your online sportsbook expert. Use the promo code Locked On. Does this sound familiar? You got one device that lets you catch all the games live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows. You're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you got your neighbor's best friend's login for the good stuff? Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle, and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called DirecTV Stream. It brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before, so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible devices required. Content varies by package. All right, welcome back to the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast and the Locked On 
Canadians podcast. I have Laura Sava and Scott Matla here with me. It's an Atlantic Division crossover where each of us will be getting together with all of the hosts from the Atlantic Division to preview the each and every team in the division before the season starts. And I want to talk to you guys, Laura and Scott, about because we talked about a lot about the turnover in the previous segment. What are your expectations for the Montreal Canadiens this season? Because a lot of the national perspective isn't really so high on them. But I want to get your perspective on it. What is the expectation? For us, it's Laura will back me up on this. Our expectation is if they're lucky, they're going to squeak into the playoffs this year. And that's the truth of the matter. They're in a stacked division. They're not going to get help from four teams making it like the North did last year. And they're in a tough spot. They're missing their team captain and their number one defenseman. They lost good players in free agency. And Carey Price is starting the season while he's back practicing, but he had an injury in the playoffs as well. If they make our expectation uh, at Lockdown Canadians is that they can sneak into a wild card spot. Anything beyond that is a bonus. If you're asking the Canadians, they want to contend again this year. And maybe they will. Maybe something just clicks this year and it all works. Who knows? Because it's hockey. But for us, if they can sneak into a wild card spot and kind of get hot last year, like they did with Carey Price in the playoffs, all bets are off because we they know what it takes to win in the playoffs. Now, this team has that experience. And like we said, they're getting another year of Cole Caulfield. They have Nick Suzuki with more experience. David Savard just won a Stanley Cup. They have guys who have been there before. Can they put it together again is the only question. And I, no pun intended, if lightning strikes twice for the Canadians this year, I will be shocked. But I think they, I don't think they're going to make the playoffs this year. I am hoping they sneak in, but our expectation is that they're going to at least contend for a spot, not just fall off a cliff, unfortunately. And with the way the division is looked at, and I said this on the previous episode when we talked about the Panthers, I think it's five teams contending for three spots. I think, I, I think still Ottawa, Detroit, and Buffalo, even though Ottawa, Pierre, Pierre Dorian said that the rebuild is over. Uh, I don't know about that, but <laughs> I, uh, I, I think that it's going to be five teams and two, two, two like, like I said, two, or maybe even one of them, might miss out. You could have two uh, Atlantic Division teams both be in the wild card. You could not. And as as far as the divi- division go, the division goes. How how do you think? Who who do you think will will? How do how do I put this? If if they do miss the playoffs, or if they if they make it. What do you think the separation would be? Would it be missing it by five? Would it be missing it by three? Would it be missing it by ten? How how do you how do you see it? How do you see that that playing out if it if that is the case? I think based on luck and things like that, and you know, you do you do still have a strong goaltending tandem no matter what. Absolutely. You know, even though Carey Price does have a habit of having a really bad second month and and all of that, and he's coming back from injury, there's question marks. I think that. The rest of the division is tough enough that it's exactly like you said, there are five teams competing for, sorry, yeah, five teams competing for three spots. 
And I do think that it's not going to be a matter of 10, really. I think it's going to be close, but it's going to be one of those things where they're going to be on the bubble, on the bubble, on the bubble, on the bubble. And then the last few days, it's going to determine, you know, you know, in those those seasons where the last couple of days really like changes everything and one Mm -hmm. team that was in a playoff spot all all season long, but, you know, just barely hanging on to it might drop out and, and things like that. So I do think that it will come down to the wire. I don't think it's going to be a situation where, you know, in March we can be like, all right, this team's not going to make the playoffs or in March we can be like, this team is good. I think it's going to be bubble all the way for, for Montreal. And I, I think that one of the big factors, and I know we're going to talk about this in the final segment, is that we don't expect Boston to be as good as people think that they're going to be this year. So really their biggest uh, rivals in the, in the division are going to be uh, teams like Boston, which are going to take a step back. I think Tampa Bay run away. You can, you can assume that they're going to make the playoffs no matter what. I think Toronto, as we've discussed, is a good regular season team, but I think that the scars of the last off season, uh, the last postseason, sorry, um, are going to, you know, really, um, they're really going to hold them back a little bit, especially at the beginning. So in Montreal, I think they, they kind of control their own destiny for the first half of the season. Mm-hmm. And then in the second half of the season, that's going to be where it's going to be a lot more challenging and a lot tougher. And they really need a lot of things to go right. I, I, I in my perspective. Yeah. I'm, I'm kind of with Laura on that. If it's going to be a bubble all the way, kind of like a few years ago where they just missed out by like two or three points at the end of the season. It, if everything goes right though, like if they get a real hot run from Carey price and build up some points, uh, they might comfortably sneak in, but I feel like they're going to be sitting in that six, seven, eight slot in the standing somewhere in a wild card potential spot. And that's going to be their whole season right there. It's going to be floating in and out and, if anyone knows anything about the, um, not the Packers fan base, the Habs fan bases, they don't do well with, uh, with situations like that. Mm-hmm. And before, before getting on this call with you guys, I looked at when the Panthers and the Canadians will be facing off against each other. And I saw that the first matchup between the Florida Panthers and the Montreal Canadiens is actually New Year's Day at 1 p.m. Gross. <laughs> but they, the, it looks like as far as the other division matchups, if I had to guess, I don't know the Habs schedule by heart, that a lot of those division games will all be backloaded onto their schedule. At least it's looking like that for the Panthers side. So there's opportunities for the Montreal Canadiens to, to win a few games outside of the division before facing off against even a team like Florida. Of course, if, if, if the Montreal Canadiens are going to make the playoffs, they're going to even have to... Um, beat some of the top t- um, tier tier teams in the division, like a like a ta- like a Tampa Bay, um, in in their few games. It's a it's like with you. You guys say that you don't expect Bo- um, Boston to be any 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 great uh, this season. Of course, Montreal being a regular season team, but they're going to be they're going to be tough to beat as well. And and of course, Florida as well, who is like I said in the previous ex- um, episode expectations are going to be high but we're going to continue this discussion we i i i I teased about facing off against florida starting in the back end of the season but next segment we're going to talk about who is the biggest threat in the division and who the montreal canadians could match up best 
in this division. So keep it locked in right here on Locked On Panthers and Locked On Canadians. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it is now impossible to stock all the parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the counterman orders the parts on his computer? Choosing only brand his warehouse happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers. RockAuto.com's prices are the same for everybody and are reliably low. RockAuto.com always offers the lowest price possible rather than changing prices based on what the market will bear like airlines do. RockAuto.com is for everybody and does not require membership or account login. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control models and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are, are reliably low and are the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, locked on in there. How did you hear about us, Box? So they know we sent you. Amazing selection. Reliably low prices. All the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com All right, guys. Final segment here of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast and the Locked On Canadians podcast. Today we are discussing the Montreal Canadiens side of things in this division preseason crossover between myself, Laura, and Scott. So for you guys, you already said in the previous segment that you don't expect Boston to be good the, the, this season. Not 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 bad, but like not as great as a lot of other people are saying they are. But as far as biggest threat, who matches up the best, who do you guys think those teams are from the Montreal Canadiens side? Not Detroit. <laughs> Famous last words, Laura, before they sweep us again this year, and we have to hear nothing but taunts about it from our nemesis on the show. Well, he what? asked who the best matchup would be, and I said definitely not Detroit. So I'm it's oh god, it's gonna be <laughs> I'm trying a reverse jinx this time. <laughs> no, see, uh oh, it's gonna be awful, but I, I I guess who the Habs don't match, who they do match up well with. I think the my before I get into like everyone else, I can't wait to see how every Leafs Habs game goes this year because Toronto famously blew a three one series lead in the playoffs this year, <laughs> and I'm wondering just how much of that's just lingering over and over. It's like cool. You won every game in the regular season, but it doesn't matter if you don't win the playoffs. And I'm just wondering how where that matchup's going to be. Is Carey Price going to be in their head? Is seeing someone like Nick Suzuki and Cole Caulfield going to give Jack Campbell nightmares? So I, I'm that's going to be the most fun for me. I do think the Canadians, I don't know. Obviously, no one matches up well with Tampa. Like he's Tampa's great. It, they've won two cups for a reason. Florida kind of reminds me a lot of Montreal. They've got a lot of solid pieces and they have depth. It's 
can everything kind of plug in where it needs to be and match up with that? And I think they're going to be pushing with Florida and Toronto for those final playoff spots in, in their division. I think Tampa is going to run away with the division again, just because they're, they're Tampa Bay. Like, let's be let's honest. Proven otherwise. Yeah. <laughs> like it, it's yeah. So I think Florida and Toronto might be their great watermarks for the Canadians to see where they match up with. Cause I think Montreal should be above Ottawa. They should be competing with Boston. They should be above the Sabres and the Red Wings though. If they can match up well with the Florida and Toronto during the regular season, I, I, I feel a lot more confident about their chances. Yeah, and as, as, as like, like I said in the, in the last segment, you got, sometimes you got to beat uh, the teams at the top of the division, at least the ones expected, in order to you know, make up some of, some of that ground and have certain four-point swings instead of a one-point swing or, or a four-point swing. Uh, the other way but one question i do want to ask both of you is there is one similarity between the montreal canadians and the florida panthers as far as goalie situation where carrie price and sergey Bobrovsky are only separated by one year their contracts both end or in the very exact same year Carey Price is making just half a million more than Sergey Bobrovsky. As uh, that, that's the that's the contract side of things, very similar. But the play on the ice is a completely different thing. Sergey Bobrovsky has been not great in his first two years with the Florida Panthers. Carey Price has had okay regular seasons, but he's been able to turn it on in the playoffs. And I want I want to ask you guys what what is it what is it that has Carey Price perform a certain way in the regular season, and then, and then when it's playoff time, what 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 all of a sudden makes him to be Carey Price, the former fifth overall pick? We say that on our show a lot. When the lights are the brightest, Carey Price is at his best. And now the biggest thing for the Canadians is they've got Jake Allen back, so they know that they can split the net this year. And they did it last year, and then Price missed the end of the regular season, uh, nursing a concussion. They can, you know, kind of split that time in that so much easier with two stable NHL goalies now. And if you have arrested Carey Price going into the playoffs, when the pressure's on, Carey Price is great. Everyone's going to say that Tampa Bay ran away with the final through no fault of Carey Price's. He can't stop Ben Sherratt from scoring into his own net several times a game. Something just clicks. The guy's like a machine when the playoffs start. It, we saw it in the bubble two years ago. We saw it last year in the run to the cup final. When, when it gets down to it, Carrie Price is a battler and a competitor. He doesn't like to lose in these situations. He's, people are going to talk about how he might not be the starting goalie at the Olympics. You're, I guarantee you he's going to be, and he's not going to let that go unless he's hurt. So... It, and Laura will back me up on this. It's just when that moment comes, Carey Price is always ready. He might have been terrible in the regular season, but the playoffs start and or those high pressure moments start, and Carey Price is absolutely just unbeatable. Unless you're the Tampa Bay Lightning, unfortunately. Yeah, and I remember. I think it was uh, when they won uh, Game Four against Tampa Bay. Um, I, I, I'll also never forget the look on uh, Shea Weber's face in the penalty box 
uh, thinking, wow, the Tampa Bay Lightning might score a goal and Montreal could be swept. And just the look on Shea Weber's face in the penalty box, just down. And then Montreal was able to kill that penalty. And then you see, see Carey Price just, even though, even, though they, even though they won, he's just like, okay, unfinished business. Um, we're, we won one game. It's time to go on to the next. So also the thing about Carey Price that I really like is that he's like very businesslike as well when he is on the ice. He's, he doesn't, he, I mean, he's been, he's been around for a long time and he's, uh, and one, one of the best goalies that I've seen like playing ever since I, I started watching, I'm um, watching. I think he, I think if I'm not mistaken, he made his debut in 2009, I believe. Um, if I'm not mistaken. I think they called him up in 2008. Okay. So, for the yeah. first time. Yeah, and uh, and honestly, um, as far as starting goalie for uh, Team Canada, um, I think that that the new goalie in town for uh, Chicago might have uh, something to say about that. What, what do you What do you guys think? <laughs> I think he should stop passing pucks to opposing players in crucial playoff <laughs> games if he wants to be the starting goalie for Canada in the Olympics. But you know, think, that that might just be me. <laughs> <laughs> I think the way. So, sorry, it, it it really did cut out. I don't think Scott. Um, I don't know if you uh, uh, heard it, but. I personally, I think that the way that Olympic rosters are constructed, um, there's always a bunch of hockey men in charge. So Carey Price's reputation is going to make him the starting goalie mm-hmm. unless he's injured. Like he can come out. Let's say he's he's back. He's rehabbing now. Let's say he's ready for the start of the regular season. And let's say that he has a nightmare October and a nightmare November. He's still getting that call. Because he's Carey Price, and because that's how Olympic roster construction works. That is a yeah. very fair answer. So <laughs> yeah. I, I, I will I will respect that, despite the age. That, and you 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 said it best, uh, reputation. But anyways, guys, I want to thank you guys for um, joining me on this crossover episode of the Locked On Florida Panthers and the Locked On Canadians uh, podcast. We um, whenever. Uh, these teams uh, definitely play play this season. Definitely want to get together uh, with you guys. But for my listeners, tell them where they could find you on the internet and your shows. Well, you can find our show at LO underscore Canadians on Twitter. Laura is at The Active Stick, and I am at Scott Matla. And you can find our show as with every other Locked On show, wherever you get your podcasts, Google, Apple, Spotify, where ever at all whatever you use so thank you once again guys so if you like what you're hearing please subscribe to the podcast so be notified every single time the lockdown florida panthers podcast jumps into your podcast feed make sure to subscribe to lockdown nhl and the crossback nhl show we'll be covering all the preseason activities around the national hockey league and when you're done listening to this episode of lockdown panthers make sure to listen to today's episode of lockdown bets Betting on the NHL doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Locked On Bets podcast, hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks, blood specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's Lock of the Day. Follow the Locked On Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag, wherever you get podcasts. Start Armando Velez, signing off. And you've been listening to Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. <laughs>